what I realized is that this inner child unconsciously was directing my life. Most of the pain that I was, that I am experiencing, was experiencing, the challenges that I was facing internally were stemming from emotional wounds from my childhood. You're listening to the Almost 30 Podcast, hosted by Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsek. Almost 30 started as a conversation about the transition from our 20s to our 30s. But then we realized life is full of transitions. So we expanded our mission. We are an intuition-led, wellness-focused lifestyle podcast that promises to deliver authentic conversations, diverse points of view, and insights rooted in optimism, growth, and intention. The Almost 30 Nation community is a group of purposeful dreamers who are smart, passionate, and always seeking the full potential in every aspect of their lives. At Almost 30, we're making magic together. We dream it, and then we do it. Thanks so much for tuning into the Almost 30 Podcast. Here we go. Hi, guys. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Almost 30. Welcome to the Almost 30 Podcast. You don't need to be almost 30 to be listening. (laughs) Just FYI. (laughs) We're your friends. Uh, Hopefully... If you listen to us enough, you feel like you're just hanging with your friends and we're not experts, we're not gurus, we're not whatever the fuck At <laughs> people all. call themselves these days. We're just uh, That's true. learning with you. And what is it? Light, light workers, healers. Oh man. Light warriors. Oh wow. Nope. Not that. I know. Definitely not. <laughs> but, you know, we, we try to learn as much as we can Uh, talk to as many people as we can, not necessarily our opinions on things, but hey, let's just learn from one another and try it out and make mistakes and support one another. Almost 30 Nation has been born out of this whole podcast and it's really become the driving force behind what we do. So you guys inspire us every day, our content, our next moves, our tour, and we just can't thank you enough. It's It's been the most uh, rewarding and surprising part of this whole thing. I know. How was the ambassador call yesterday? Oh my God. What? Do you look forward to it as much as yeah, I do every month? It's just so nice to see people's faces. So we have an ambassador program of 80 plus women all over the world. We just had one pop up in Paris, oh, which yeah. I'm so excited about. She's crushing. She's crushing. She like created a whole group and meet up already. It's just, it's so cool. So we just want to support women all over the world to create community where they are. And the calls are just once a month and we just like to connect. We... Uh, cover topics related to the ambassador program, related to life, related to leadership, related to community. And Krista and I hop on kind of, she'll take one call, take another one. And the enthusiasm, the vulnerability on these calls is so refreshing. And I just am in awe of these women who have taken initiative. I know. It's crazy how like organized, (laughs) professional. Sometimes I'm like, you guys are more organized than me. 100%. They're like, so I took it upon myself to do a survey. (laughs) 
<laughs> just like all this shit. I'm like, wow, it's the best. It's amazing. <laughs> you know, and they introduce everyone when they join the group. And mm-hmm. yeah, so it's just such a special thing to see that happening within communities for women, you know, and people that are listening to the podcast or not, yeah. but are interested in personal growth, development, spirituality, all of these things. Because sometimes when you're on this path, you can feel very alone. Uh, so we don't want you guys to feel alone. We yeah. want you to know you're supported. I, I also wanted to mention on the call yesterday, and I'm going to kick myself because I'm forgetting her name. Uh, she is new to the ambassador program. Shoot. I will shout you out in the in the group. But I, we wanted to share at the beginning of the call just something they just kicked ass at that week for lack of a better term sounds term sounds cheesy. But I was like, I just want to like celebrate whatever you guys did killed at this week, whatever. So this one girl, she didn't wear, she was on vacation for 10 days with her boyfriend, new boyfriend, and she didn't wear makeup the whole time. Mm. And then- Lindsay loves that one. I love that one. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, every second Lindsay's like, I need a day, I need a week without makeup. Honestly, I mean, for a girl who has like chronic acne. Oh, shut up. So I was like, I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. And then she's like, and then I went back to my corporate job and didn't wear makeup. All week, Respect. which is a Alicia Keys is vibes. like a thing. A hundred. Cause I like, actually never wore makeup at corporate job, but it's definitely you. a thing at a lot of jobs. It's it's a thing. And she felt so good. And Aww. I was like, girl, I was like, should we do a no makeup challenge? Get it real cheesy cheese. But I think so. if we can do it in a non-cheesy way, I think it would be cool. I, I, I completely agree. <laughs> but catch me like, this is the thing is I'll be like- Catch me yeah. with eyebrows. Exactly. <laughs> Catch me tattooing all the makeup on so I don't have to technically wear makeup. <laughs> but this is the thing is I'll be like, yeah, no makeup challenge. And then I'll have see a photo of myself at a fucking event and be like, oh, wow. Did she grow out of the ground? I'm just not going to look at photos. I know. Yeah. Because like, what I honest. see in photos is so not what people see. Yeah. Do you know what I'm I saying? I tell myself that, to be honest. I have to. I know. Does everyone feel like that? I mean, it's not, but you know, it's, but, but I'm going to take credit for the good ones, but not the bad. <laughs> Yeah. Like, what is that? But honestly, this is, yo, I was thinking about it. I used to save a folder of all the photos where I looked bad on my phone. Mm. Oh. As inspiration. Oh, okay. <laughs> that yo. is Inspiration wow. in quotes. How fucking dark is that? I mean, it's not that dark. It's just like, Some were funny. What? Some were just straight up funny <laughs> for like a reminder, <laughs> like to, to keep me fucking grounded. Cameras are so weird. Some are fucking wild and crazy. I'm yeah. like- who is that? Mm-hmm. But then, you know, just whatever. But yeah, I mean, I'd be down with a makeup thing. It's just our events. Our events, man. Gotta be camera ready. I know. Gotta wear that mask. Maybe for the month of August. Also with work, <laughs> I always was like, I never wore it. And so it would be like, it's almost like it once you, once you start and you're wearing makeup every day, it's hard to switch. I know. Because then it's like, oh, wow. You you look tired. Yeah, you look tired. So if you- Hey man, you should wear concealer too. If you, honestly, <laughs> if you never are wearing it, then it's like easier to do. Yeah. Completely. Like what I wore, we didn't wear makeup last. I try not to wear makeup to our, our, our events during the week or anything like that either. Yeah, you're good at that. I mean, Sometimes it depends pure on- Pure laziness. The, it's like the state of my face, but yeah, I, I completely yeah. agree. Yeah, it's um, just my vibe. Like, what am I feeling? I loved the, and I kind of felt that, at the retreat, yeah, there were some times where we, where we wore makeup, but I, I did like that. And we'll get into the retreat because we're just so excited to share it with you because um, it's not going to be the last one that we do. But there was a beautiful girl who attended and 
she also struggles with acne and we were having a conversation about it. And she, I think one day she might've covered it up and worn makeup, but then the next day she didn't. I noticed and I was just asking her about it because, you know, I, I, I feel her on that, but um, I could just see it like she felt liberated to be in a safe space where she can kind of practice. And I, and I, I was talking to her about just those opportunities where we can practice that. You know, I'm not, I wouldn't like go out on a date with no makeup, like first date with no makeup, to be honest, right? So yeah. there are certain situations where it helps our confidence, but maybe there's just like ways in which we can practice that confidence in a safe space. And I think the retreat was a perfect way for her to do that. We had another attendee who hadn't been in mm-hmm. a pool, right? And she hadn't been in a bathing suit in a public setting like a pool her entire life, Alyssa. Uh, um, I know she's listening and we love you so much. Mm-hmm. And it was just so beautiful. And I, I feel like we felt so honored that you were there and that you were so open with like things that you were trying for the first time and putting yourself out there. And are, you're just so such a beautiful person inside and out. And yeah, it was moments like that that really made the retreat something that I will never, ever, ever, ever forget. Yeah, she came, it's like she came prepared to to let it, you know, to like just be. Just be, be herself. Yeah. It was really beautiful, you know, even, so the opportunities like when we were at our room and then all the girls were at the pool outside of our room and everyone was just chilling, that. feeling comfortable, like in the shade at the pool. And then when the girls were at the beach, just feeling comfortable in their own skin and, and being themselves. And it was a really beautiful progression. And, you know, I have seen it happen at our events where everything always happens for a reason, the timing, the scheduling, et cetera. But I still am at a place in my life where I am like, oh, wow, it does. I'm always reminded every day that everything always. happens for a reason. And it just, the orchestration of, you know, the first night having the sound bath, getting really relaxed, letting go, having the next day sessions, um, having the astrology session, getting to know each other more, having the meals together and then the Milana snow session, which cracked us open. And then Jenna Reese took us to the next level. Jordan Younger shared everything from her new program, Waking Up to Your Soul, which is really beautiful and and perfectly timed. Shan Booty with the Mm -hmm. session about sexuality, which was so nice. So like we always do, covering every topic of wellness from sexual health to mental, physical, and emotional health with everything that we did was just awesome. Yeah. And I just, I really loved, and I know the girls felt this too, the balance. So we were able to go deep. We were able to move our bodies. We were able to rest. We were able to laugh and be light, you know, go to dinner and have a glass of wine and eat really good food and just like talk, just talk about whatever. And then the next day, go really deep into a breathwork session. So it was this balance because sometimes I feel, I actually haven't been on too many retreats at all, but it is work. So it's balancing the work with go, you know going deep and, and uncovering things with that rest time to just take it in, to let it go perhaps. So I was really proud that our team and us were able to create that schedule that felt super 
balanced and really good on the nervous system. It wasn't too much. It wasn't too little. Yeah. And it was nice too. So we, you know, had these really intense sessions, the two days where, you know, women were sharing very deep personal things about themselves. They're crying. Of course, every time someone cries, I'm crying the whole time. And I like can't recover for days. Mm-hmm. And then on the last night we had the session by Amy West. So on the last night we had a musical performance where all the girls were in this room, sitting on couches, just like enjoying having a conversation with Amy where she's expressing what was her inspiration for writing the songs. And it was just a nice nightcap. You know, it was Mm -hmm. exactly that relaxing, not too serious, high vibe thing that just makes it so important because it is hard to be deep all the time. And that I find myself in that place so much. So for me, it's very important to come back up through humor or laughter or, you know, like light conversations. And that was probably my favorite part was like, our ability to balance that and really have those like meaningful conversations mixed in with fun. Yeah. And thanks to our team. So Tiffany, Shara, Chloe, our ambassador volunteers, Alyssa, Lauren, and um, we just, we were able to participate. And Sophie. Yeah. And Sophie, we were able to participate, participate and really be there. And the girls noticed that they told us that they really appreciated that, which meant a lot because, you know, normally we are in the back, uh, handling the production of things with our team and a little bit too much sometimes where we don't allow ourselves to be present in the moment. And Mm -hmm. this was just so beautiful that we were able to be there with them and be in the breathwork sessions and have those breakthroughs with them. I just felt so much more connected. So our team, I really cannot thank them enough for, I mean, they were hustling. They were so thoughtful. They worked together so well. They, and Audrey at Calamigos, I mean, I could go on for hours Audrey about Jean events. Audrey Jean. Um, on she, Instagram, she yeah. does events. She's the best and and really just created a beautiful, beautiful experience at Colomigos in Malibu. Yeah, that was actually, you know, a dream come true. It was in January, Audrey worked out, reached out to us. She started her job at Calamigos and was like, I'd love to host a retreat with you guys here. And as it would have it, we had been looking for a retreat space. We didn't find one that that was a fit. And Calamigos is beyond a fit, was absolutely perfect. She was a dream to work with. Our team was absolutely in flow beyond what I thought we could be. You know, that was an expanding moment for me to have complete trust in every single person on our team and their desire to be there and their desire to do everything, to handle everything trusting them with our girls and, you know, these conversations that they're having where they're supporting them and all of these things, just, it was a huge expanding moment for me and it was really beautiful. And I'm so grateful for everyone's work and our sponsors too. Like that's another thing, you know, and I don't want this whole thing to be about us. Like feels kind of self-indulgent at times. Like even right now feels self-indulgent, but it is possible, you know, to, to work on a team with people that support you and love you to be supported by people and not always have them ask for things in return and to be a conscious brand that is working with the right partners at the right time. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that it was just, it was amazing. I was, I definitely thought I would be able to 
hold space better than I could. Uh, you know, Milana's session, I don't know if I should have participated because I just, I get a little too in it and I wasn't able to get back to a space where I was more of a pillar of of positive energy just because I get so empathetic to mm. the girls that are speaking and that are sharing it's kind of hard for me to readjust back to being a positive person that's like a leading their retreat. Not that I was negative. It's just, no. it's, I feel it's on such a deep level. It takes a few days for me to reset. Yeah. I, well, I would just say to that, like as someone who's there with you and observing that, that it actually allowed the girls to go deeper, you know, throughout the retreat. So whether you felt like a pillar or a leader or not, you were in the sense that, they really knew that we were there. We were we were doing the work too. And that's kind of the mirror of the podcast where we're here and we're learning and we're doing the work. And so point. like, yeah, it might've felt like a quote unquote weak moment because you allowed yourself to feel so much and take so much in and on. But I mean, I would say if we asked them, that was probably a moment that they felt most connected to us. So just to say yeah. that, but- It's not like weakness I think is bad, but I definitely- I don't know. I just. I know the, like the recovery is yeah, hard. The recovery yeah. of, of feeling that deeply. And then at the breath work, even be bearing witness mm-hmm. was very, but it's also, you know, the first retreat. So as in time, you know, with our events, when we hear stories from women and we connect to them, I'm able to hold space and, and connect enough, but not connect fully, not enmesh myself in whatever they're experiencing. Right. right. So I think that was, and it was interesting too what came up for me as it relates to insecurities in, I'm not usually insecure about who I am, but it was like, there were times when I wasn't a hundred and it kind of was frustrating. Cause I'm like, Oh, I'm not making them laugh. I'm not making them complete smile. Like I felt like at our events, it's three hours, two hours, however many hours. And I can guarantee that you're going to get the best of me, but it was hard over four days for me to always feel like I could be that person. Mm-hmm. You know, I always want to be like the best version of myself, the most kind, the most patient, the funniest, whatever. And it was, it was hard to, to maintain yeah. that, you know, and of course this is a lesson for me to just relax into it, to be myself. My present presence is all I need. And, and hopefully that is also for others, but that was interesting for me that I heard myself having that conversation. Yeah. Well, it makes me think about like, so yeah, our names are on the retreat. Almost 30 is the retreat, right? But yeah, it's interesting to think that. And because of that, we think that the they are relying on us in a way. And And I felt the same way at times, but then I just realized that the the doing less of the here we are for you. Let me make you laugh. Let me make you feel this way. Was half of it was kind of in my own head. So I know what you mean. And I think we'll get better and better at holding space. I think we did a great job, but I, I, I do think a lot of those thoughts are not what they were thinking, what they were thinking. For sure. I mean, you know? Yeah. Cause it's almost like, what if we were more of like, uh, on all the time, maybe they'd be freaked out. Totally. They'd be like, okay, do they ever chill and like just be? Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think in moments where we feel flat and we're just kind of there, maybe it's refreshing to them. Like, oh, they're they're human beings. 
too. Totally. You know? Yeah. But I know what you mean. And I just wanted to shout out to the few more people behind the scenes. Heather Shane, who is a super talented photographer, was there with us the whole time. Marissa, who of Real Rad Films, was our videographer. Um, Bolin Gordon, who of Madcap Media, filmed our musical performance. Uh, our friend Jacob Berman helped us to book Amy West for the musical performance. And yeah, just there's so many people involved, mm -hmm. you know, there's so many moving parts to something like this. So we really could never have done this by ourselves. So thank you yeah, to everyone. Yeah. And it's nice just like on our roster, people that respect and see what we're doing and feel just as excited to be there as we did. So yeah, everyone, everybody. Right. So that's our retreat recap. <laughs> we're uh, going to be, we're looking for dates for the next one in 2020. Mm. And then we might have a special surprise happening in December. Yeah. Um, so it's excited. So excited. Announcements. Announcements. No, that's uh, actually fitting for me. <laughs> that actually fits. <laughs> Don't fucking fast forward this, you guys. God damn it. Oh shit. Uh, we have events coming up. We have Nicole Lappin in LA in September. Her new book, Becoming Superwoman is coming out and we just cannot wait to hang with all y'all. This is going to be yeah. insane. She's funny and smart at the Riveter in LA. So check that out. That is September 12th. Yeah. And you get a free copy of her book, free signed copy of her book. I mean, oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, oh, yeah. and then fall, we just start the, the fucking runaway train. I know, honestly. <laughs> Till the end of the year. Got it. Help. Where are we going on vacation at the end of December? <laughs> I know, honestly. We should plan something. Honestly. Well, we're trying to plan something after Australia, but so we're going to be in Chicago. That date is almost sold out with Milana Snow. Yeah. Super powerful at Evolve Her in Chicago. And then we go immediately to Nashville. We have an event with Julie Solomon. And then we have an event with Dr. Axe. Dude, Looking Nashville's going to be it. fire. I know. And then we are headlining the Empowered Voice Summit, which is happening in Columbus. So you can get tickets on empoweredvoiceconference.com. We're looking forward to that. And then we have our meetup in Columbus, Ohio on Sunday. So it's going to be an evening meetup in my hometown. Tickets are sold out for that one. And then after that, we're coming home for a little bit. And mm -hmm. then New York, New York for 10 days. Or we have DC and Philly, right? And then no, New York, New York and then. Oh, <laughs> it's at the end of September. Oh, the end of September is, nah, we here. Okay, cool. Um, beginning of October, we'll be in New York. Hey, y'all, we're just trying to keep track of our Honestly. calendar. Uh, we have a live show on October 3rd. Super excited about that. Special guest announced soon. And then we also have events with Stuart Pierce, renowned vocal coach, but he is so much more than that. He's an intuitive, incredible, has worked with Princess Diana, Marianne Williamson. Hello. Hello. And then we have an, an event with Aaron Clare. That is a human design event. Both are almost sold out. So I would get those tickets now. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. Then Can't we're going wait. to Philly, DC. And then in November, we will be in Sydney and Melbourne, Australia. And then in December, Miami and LA. LA live show will be on sale soon. We're super pumped about that one. That's like a homecoming, y'all. So you, mm -hmm. everyone needs to be there. Everyone's flying in. Mm -hmm. Come, you can sleep at my house. I know, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. So thank you as always for your support. It means the world. I know, honestly. We love y'all. Thanks love so damn much. I'm excited for you guys to hear this one. 
It's a solo dolo with lens. Solo dolo, uh, we love these and it's it's always very hard and easy to do. I know. <laughs> I tried to do one two weeks ago and, and they blew, so. I mean, yours are always fire, so I'm sure it's just- It was just like, coming. what are you talking about? Well, I was just in a mode where I was- Judge seeing the other side of everything I'm saying. Yes. So I'm like, I oh, I think this. I'm like, oh, you don't know. You know, I was just seeing the duality and everything I'm saying. So I wasn't being completely honest to myself. Yeah. Because I was trying to appease both sides. I was like, all right, shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't. I, there's so many things I want to talk about, and I'm I'm glad we're going to be doing more solo episodes uh, over the next couple months. So this one, I really wanted to dig into my experience with therapy. So I just started therapy less than a year ago, and I have learned so much. Uh, I don't want to talk a lot about it, just because the the episode will speak for itself. But I've been kind of unlearning a lot of things that I learned when I was little. We all do. We have stories. We have the expectations and the pressure and we have the the job of like healing our parents too. You know, our generation is doing a, a lot of work. And so it's been about unpacking that. Uh, we do EMDR therapy in my therapy session. And yeah, we have a special surprise in this episode. I actually talked to my therapist about the type of therapy that she's that she's been doing with me. So I just want to educate you as well on the type of therapy because I'm not really good at explaining it. <laughs> I'm like, she uses this thing and waves it back and forth and then there's trauma that comes up and it's <laughs> cool. So she'll explain the why behind it and the science behind it. And that's and that's that. We cover everything from, you know, insecurities, judgment, fear. I we incorporate like my spirit animals and spirit guides and things like that which is really fun. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Let me know what you think. If you've been thinking about starting therapy, let's talk about it. Join the secret Facebook group. We are in there ready to support you and, and answer questions. And I think that's it. So yeah. What if we just get, gave you guys our tour dates again? <laughs> <laughs> hey guys. Uh, also we're doing another retreat yeah, and here are the tour dates. Sweet. And, uh, there's also a sweatshirt available in uh, our merch shop. Sweet. Just kidding. They're yet. like, we want 2020 for specifically for you to shut the fuck Holy up. Holy fuck. <laughs> hey, sorry guys, but hey, we just love you. We're excited <laughs> to see you. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. And we will read a review on the other side of this podcast. We've gotten so many amazing reviews mm. lately. And I, I love uh, just thanking you by reading them on air. All right. Enjoy this one. Enjoy. Hello friends, it's Linz and it's just going to be us today. Me one-on-one with you or one on a million. I'm going to say a million of you are out there listening. But I first want to start off by saying thank you for giving Krista, for giving me and Krista the space to share solo episodes where they do get really real and vulnerable and sometimes uncomfortable. And we do from the bottom of our heart of our hearts feel very comfortable with you. So thank you. And I wonder why when I meet you in person at our events on tour, live show, etc., why you already feel like a goddamn friend. And it's because I've shared so much and you have made it a safe space to do so. So thanks. Truly. This solo episode today is a special one. 
I wanted to share with you my experience thus far with therapy and how it has impacted my life, how it's changed the way I treat myself, see myself in this world. And I've just had such an incredible experience. But let me say, it has not been easy whatsoever. Sometimes I'm on my way to therapy and I, I'm not dreading it, but it's work. So I'm almost mentally, physically, and emotionally preparing for 50 minutes of work. But it is so damn worth it. And I also want to preface this by saying I know that therapy is not available to everyone because of either financial circumstances or where you live or your circumstances in life having to do with anything really. So I completely understand that. And sometimes therapy can be talking to a friend. So this is not to convince you to go to therapy whatsoever. I just wanted to share my experience because a lot of you have asked and it's been an interesting one and still very much in process. So I also lastly just want to say at the end of this episode, there's a special treat for you all. Something that I was nervous and a little bit, hmm, what's the damn word? Not ashamed, but I tend to dim my light to avoid making others feel uncomfortable or less than. But I wanted to share something with you at the end of this episode because I care about you and I want to share something that's really special to me. So stick around for that. Don't, do not fast forward. That is not the point. (laughs) Okay. Are you all ready to get into it? Into it. Let's do it. Wait, before we get into it, can I just tell you one thing? I swear to you. So it always get okay. It takes a lot of pep talks and energy to leading up to sitting down for a solo recording. It really, really does. I don't know why I have a lot of resistance to it sometimes because I don't know. Well, that's part of why I go to therapy. But right before I pressed record, I got a call on my cell phone. It lit up and it was a ghost of Christmas past. And you know what I mean? A gentleman of Christmas past. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? I have been getting tested recently. And this is so interesting because I'm going to pull in Lacey Phillips for a moment of To Be Magnetic. She was talking at our live show about how we get tested because something that we want to come in is orbiting us like a little alien. And if we face the test head on and quote unquote pass the test, then we will let that thing come in and it will come in. Sometimes that means saying no. Sometimes that means having a hard conversation. So anyway, the last few weeks, so interesting. I've been getting texts and calls from ghosts of Christmas past. And it's so tempting for me. It is literally so tempting for me because these 
people that I've dated before or had some sort of relationship with, whether physical and emotional, just emotional, just physical, whatever it is, yo, they feel like home. They literally feel like a warm blankie and hot chocolate. So I feel like they are tests and I've been entertaining these conversations. So I don't know if I'm passing them. (laughs) I don't know if I'm passing these tests. I need to say no. (laughs) I need to ignore. I'm definitely not engaging full throttle, but it's just an interesting thing to observe and be aware of. I don't know if I would have been super aware of this five years ago. I probably would have said, hey, come over at 9 p.m. I am available. So I'm making progress, but I just had to share that with you because I was like, are you freaking kidding me? He's calling me right now. And I answered and it it was whatever. I, I felt nothing and kind of felt sad actually for him. So there's that. meaning there was a sad energy on the other side of the phone and I actually took that on. So I'm shaking it off for you and we're going to get going. So I was not a therapy child. I wish I was sometimes. I wish that I grew up having had someone to talk to, someone to talk to who wasn't a, a biased friend or family member or anyone else, but I didn't. So I was always curious about therapy. I had a lot of friends who went to therapy, but to be honest, it wasn't something that my parents would turn to as a solution to things. And hey, that's how they grew up. So that's what they know. So I was always curious. And of course, moving to LA everyone has a therapist. So I was just thinking I would like to hop on that train, but I didn't do so for hmm, like four years. I waited four long years. And before that I was in New York, didn't have a therapist, probably needed it then more than ever. But it's interesting what I am now unwrapping in therapy that happened during those really chaotic, at least what they felt chaotic both emotionally and physical, physically, those years were to me. So timing is always perfect. And I'm so grateful that I found a therapist that shoots me straight. She is what I feel really intuitive. I haven't gone to another therapist. I hit the jackpot on the first, the first one I pointed to in the phone book didn't do that, but I, I asked our community actually. So thank you guys for recommending. But the first one that I had a phone call with, I, I have stuck with. And I feel so lucky because I do feel like she is super in tune on, on a different plane with, with what's going on with her clients and how they relate to the world. And so sometimes it's uncomfortable because I know she she is feeling and observing and understanding more about what is going on than perhaps I do, even though I have an intuitive feeling of what's going on. I just, I know she knows and she's able to guide me to go deeper and she does so 
through a few different forms of therapy. Formally, she is a trauma therapist. I, full disclosure, have not had what most people would think of as trauma in my life. So no specific event that perhaps broke me, shook me to my core, was violent, was super traumatic. I don't know how else to explain it, but what society thinks is traumatic, I did not experience. However, trauma doesn't have to look like that is what I've learned. And I really have learned to acknowledge and honor those moments of what my body and heart and soul experience as trauma as real, as true, and as impactful as they really have been. I have a tendency to make the things that have happened to me smaller than they are because I know a lot of people have experienced much more traumatic things in their lives. So why should I be complaining or blaming an issue that I have on my small traumas, right? So using EMDR, we've been able to, and from a very, from very early on working with my therapist, I have been able to tap into those specific moments, those memories, the scenes. I see them very clearly. I feel them in my body. I feel them specifically in parts of my body. I feel them as shapes and textures and colors in my body. And she has guided me through that. Not only was this my first time in therapy, but this was my first time with EMDR therapy. EMDR, let me just give you a little bit of information about EMDR. EMDR is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing therapy. It's an interactive psychotherapy technique used to relieve psychological stress. It's an effective treatment for trauma and post-traumatic stress disorder. And during these EMDR therapy sessions, I was able to relive traumatic or triggering experiences in very brief doses while my therapist directed my eye movement. So she would use a, basically what looked like a pen, but then it turned into a wand. It was magic. And EMDR is thought to be effective because recalling distressing events is often less emotionally upsetting when your attention is diverted. And this allows you to be exposed to the memories or thoughts without having a strong psychological response. And over time, the technique is believed to lessen the impact that the memories or thoughts have on you. So for me, my experience with EMDR, I would see scenes from my childhood quite vividly and suddenly. So I wouldn't be thinking about them necessarily, but I would be feeling into the feeling in my body. So she would ask me where, you know, I would start to tear up and and become emotional and feel something. And instead of needing to comment on it, which was my first reaction, she would ask me, okay, where do you feel this? And then we go there and we go deeper there. And each time we did this and she would wave the wand back and forth and my eyes would follow, I 
I would, this, the scene basically would become clearer and clearer as if like I was kind of pulling on a thread and it was unraveling to reveal the origin of this feeling. And at times it was kind of like freaky. I'm like, whoa, I repressed that memory or wow, I remember that now. Like, yes, that's so vivid and was so traumatic or impactful or such a turning point in my life or such a defining moment that that colored the way that I see myself and others. And whoa, <laughs> I swear to you, like if, again, it is the surrender to this work. It is work. It is not the easiest thing and it could be exhausting at times, but I connected things throughout my life that explained exactly why I am the way I am today and and made me have more compassion. You know, it wasn't a shame thing like, oh Jesus, I got this to deal with and this to deal with. It was more just like, wow, yeah, that was that was a lot. And you didn't talk to anyone about that or no one knew about that. And wow. So EMDR has been really, really effective for me. So I highly recommend at least something that you can try if if you are going to therapy. Again, a professional needs to do this. Um, there is not sufficient research research to prove the effective effectiveness in these following areas, but EMDR therapy is also being used to treat depression, anxiety, panic attacks, eating disorders, and addiction. So again, I am not a I am not an expert. I am I read that that little piece from uh, Healthline, but I just know it worked for me. So that's the only thing I can I can speak to. I'll first say about this type of therapy is that there is such a surrender, a letting go that needs to happen. I found myself in my head most of the time. So thinking about what I wanted to say rather than feeling through what I was feeling and saying that in real time instead of filtering and checking in with my logical brain. My logical brain is such a fucking, I don't even know. They just, he, she, I said he, wow, past life. She wants to drive. Like she will not let go of the wheel and it's super annoying. But I, I now can observe that when I'm only thinking with my brain and not with my body. And that's one of the first things that I truly integrated into my life from therapy was that awareness. So in situations where say I was dating someone and my logical brain on a first date is saying, mm, well, he's cute. Okay. He's cute. I, no, he's, he's not that funny, but maybe he'll get funnier. And he has a really great job and he comes from a good family, it seems like. And I really, I really like his sneakers and, you know, his butt is really cute. I don't like the way he says meal instead of dinner. And um, 
you know, my brain just goes and goes and goes. But lately I've been, and, and listen, we're always going to do that to an extent. But I do think that your body needs to interject, tell the brain to, hey, you can take five and be with that person in your body, with your body. And really feeling into the moment, feeling into their presence and simply asking, how does that feel? Or does this feel like a yes or a no? Does this feel like you could go on a second date? And so I'll ask my body, not my mind, which is what my therapist says all the time, which is such a, I don't ever get sick of it because I need to be reminded. I'm going to ask your body, not your mind. That's what she'll say. Where do you feel this? So we do that in every session, I would say. And this has taught me that my body just is so smart and so intense intuitive in these moments. And I don't have to stress myself out. I don't have to go crazy trying to think of reasons why in this case with dating, why I should give him a second chance or you know, why he would make a good husband or why <laughs> all the things that come rushing in because we are women, we are maternal, we are could be at a certain point in our cycle And we could be thinking more about making babies and is he going to take care of the babies? (laughs) All of these things tend to happen, but we really have to, what I've learned, feel into our bodies and ask those questions. And over time, the, the answers will be just so clear and it's so cool. Sometimes I will feel it in my heart. Sometimes I'll feel it in my root, like in the lower part of my gut, almost like pelvic floor situation. So it's really cool to ask your body. And again, hey, you have to surrender to this type of intuitive practice, this type of therapy, because honestly, I felt like an idiot sometimes doing it. And sometimes I'm like, oh, is that my mind telling me to tell her because I don't feel like feeling into my body? Lots of things will go through your mind when you are in therapy. Judging yourself with how you answer, judging yourself with how you react, if you cry, if you laugh, if you get angry, if you make a certain face, if you have a weird, not a weird, but just something you do with your hands or your body. Just so you know that, just so you know, the therapist is there to support you. They're not judging anything that you're doing. They are simply observing. And sometimes, for example, I would I would react physically to something she would say or something that I would say or realize and I might start like holding my neck or covering my chest or scratching my chest kind of incessantly. And she would point that out to me. And I was like, at first I was like, "Uh, let a girl live here. Can I move? (laughs) But 
over time, I was like, I, I realized that I am a very physical human. I like to communicate physically. So whether it's facial expressions with my body, dancing, moving, if I usually comedically express myself physically. So all of these physical gestures, patterns, or tendencies were really interesting to dig into because they had a charge behind them. They had a a connection. So if I'm covering my heart or I'm doing a gesture like I'm pouring from my heart as I'm describing a relationship, that says something that maybe I might not be saying with words. So it was really fun, sort of fun, not always fun, (laughs) to observe myself in the wild as I would gesture and, and use my body in ways when interacting with other human beings or even just with myself to really lean into what that meant as it related to my heart, my lower belly, my neck, that throat chakra that I've been working on forever and ever, amen, or my head or whatever it is. It's just a really interesting way to unwrap what you might not be able to express, but that your body knows already. Having these feelings for expressing them to another human being. And it was as if when they came out of my mouth, I was like, oh, okay. But you know what? They had a rough childhood and you know, that's probably why they're saying those things or acting that way. And what I really had to do, and my therapist helped me through this, was allow myself to have those feelings, legitimately have those feelings without making an excuse for the other person or persons or the circumstances that caused them. I still do it to this day and she'll catch me and bring me back to the feeling because what I'm feeling is real. What I'm feeling is real for me. It doesn't matter if it's not real to anyone else. It is real for me. And these feelings often brought us, brought me in session to a younger version of myself. So we did a lot of inner child work. And again, I am not a therapist. So the way I describe this is not scientific. It is not from the textbooks or anything like that. This is simply my experience with it. And I assume that all therapists do this a little bit differently. But in my experience, inner child work was, is to this day, to an hour ago when I finished therapy, has been so therapeutic to my soul. That sounds cheesy as fuck. Don't judge yourself. Okay. It's so therapeutic because I remember her so vividly. I, I, I know the faces that she made and the freedom that she had in her body and the imaginary friends she talked to. I am able to truly feel her. And what's so beautiful about inner child work is that 
it reconnects you with that age of yourself. So many times I've connected, for example, with my 14-year-old self. I had, in my experience, trauma around that time at school. I've explained this on the podcast before, but to bring those that have not listened to that particular episode up to speed, I went to an all-girls private Catholic school and I was bullied by a particular girl. It was a very small school, so she could rally everyone to not talk to me, not be friends with me, and treat me poorly, not really acknowledge me whatsoever, not see me, which is a huge theme for me in therapy. And I was cast as Peter Pan. I had to cut my hair. There was a lot of bullying around that haircut and that look and being more masculine. And I thought no boy would ever like me again and all of this stuff. So 14-year-old Lindsay just has a ton of social trauma, emotional trauma. And what we started to do was talk to her. And usually I was super emotional at that point in therapy. And it's just, it, it brings you even deeper to be able to allow yourself to talk to her, to him, to them is so powerful because we were all once children and still have that child within us. But most of us are pretty unaware of this. It's an unconscious thing. And the lack of conscious related to our own inner child is exactly where so many of our behavioral, emotional, and relationship difficulties, challenges stem from. And from my experience, what I've realized is that this inner child unconsciously was directing my life. Most of the pain that I was, that I am experiencing, was experiencing, the challenges that I was facing internally were stemming from emotional wounds from my childhood. And we all have them. So I do want to reiterate that again, this doesn't have to be major, major trauma. We all have experiences that as a child and they are all legitimate. But I often think I'm like, holy fuckery, I'm an adult, but this child is making these adult decisions. Ah, <laughs> you know, it's, it's wild. And if I look back, makes so much sense. And I'm sure if you look around, you will see inner children making a lot of adult decisions around you as well. And perhaps you'll find a bit more compassion for those that you might find frustrating, annoying, terrible people because they are their lives are being ruled from that, that emotional wound as a child. One of my favorite parts about the inner child work is having conscious communication with that little girl. So she could be seven, she could be 14, she could be even like 18 more recently. And the frustrated primal needs of that perennial inner child for love, acceptance, protection, nurturing, understanding 
truly remain the same today as we were when we were children. So you can relate to them. And so for me, for example, you know, during that time around 14, when I was being bullied, I had really low self-worth. I wanted to be seen. I was dying to be seen. I was dying to be accepted, to be honest. And so in therapy, I'll talk to her and I will tell her, I'm so sorry that happened. I'm so sorry. And I'm here for you and your feelings are real and they are legitimate and it is not okay what she is doing to you what she what she did to you and it's a goddamn miracle how healing that is to talk to her and just reassure her that hey i see you i am here for you almost like it honestly, it feels like I'm her big sister, if that makes sense. And again, you gotta let go. And I see her, you know, so I can really see and feel her as if she's next to me. And sometimes we would even go so far in session as to put her next to me and to feel her and talk to her and, or just be with her really feel into what she's feeling and feel into what I can provide her, which is assurance that that was real, that was a legitimate experience and that I am so sorry that happened to you, but you're safe now and I see you and I hear you and you are enough. The conversation has to be consistent though. So not only do I have to do it in the room and therapy, sometimes that's enough. Sometimes I really feel like there is complete healing there, but I do, and my therapist has urged me to do this when when those feelings come up, that feeling of not enoughness that I felt when I was 14. If that feeling comes up, I can talk to that me, right? Like I can have a conversation with her because that is where the feeling originates from. And I can feel into it, into my body and see where I feel into it. And maybe it is a combination of talking to that 14 year old and moving my body in a way that honors where the hurt is. So if I feel it in my heart, I lately I've been putting on beautiful music. Um, I will actually give you a song that I've been using as of late. It's called In Dreams by Jai Jagdish. That's J-A-I-J-A-G-D-E-E-S-H. And the album is Of Heaven and Earth. And it's actually ironic because I realized that this song I heard during one of my ceremonies when we were in Costa Rica doing ayahuasca, and then I heard it on Spotify and it brought back so much emotion. It was a full circle moment with my inner child and with ayahuasca and with this artist. So it's so beautiful. Actually, I want to play you a little bit of it uh, and see what you think.
hold my heart and I close my eyes and I just allow my body to kind of move however it wants to move. Maybe it's swaying, maybe it's more than just swaying, but her voice is for me just so powerful. It helps me to drop in. And I think about that 14 year old who didn't know that she was love and light and had so much to give and so much, so much potential and so much talent and she allowed what another thought of her to completely snuff out her light for a period of time. So it's a really beautiful practice that I've incorporated and I'm really proud of myself for that because I don't necessarily consider myself to be someone that does things consistently, which is also a narrative I'm working on because I think in in a lot of ways I am consistent, but maybe not in society's expectations of consistency, which is more formulaic and tangible. So did that make sense? <laughs> did that make sense? Let's get back to the therapy. So inner child work, again, so powerful and I continue with it. What's so fun and I'll, I'll end, I'll, I'll kind of close the loop on the inner child work by sharing that my therapist recommended that I do more things out there as an activity or whatever it is, truly whatever it is, to indulge my really young self. So that like five, six, seven-year-old boy or girl, because I have both inside of me, we all have both. And I just use boy and girl because that's something that people might be able to understand. But I do want to emphasize that gender, I believe gender to be non-binary. I'm more talking or speaking to the feminine and masculine energies. And so there's a part of me that wants to, needs to get messy and like roll around in the wet sand and get it all over me and then jump in the ocean and play with a Frisbee and eat ice cream and get it all over my arm and lick my arm and then let a dog lick my arm and then not shower for hours. You know, <laughs> there's that like for me, that feels like a, a masculine, don't give a fuckness freedom that I yearn for, but don't necessarily indulge in because, you know, life. <laughs> and then there's this super feminine part of me sometimes that 
just wants to indulge in my creative side and my emotions. I want to like cry and paint at the same time (laughs) or sing in a beautiful dress with beautiful makeup on. You know, it's like there are so many sides to who we are that we don't necessarily give the opportunity to be in the world. We think we have to choose one way of being or we choose one way that we are most of the time because say our job takes up most of our life. So we have to be that. And then when we're not at our job, we're just tired. So we are kind of a neutral being and just need to recoup for the next time we work. But I do think that incorporating more activities that bring this side of myself more life and fulfillment has given me more energy and inspiration and just more highs. I've been experiencing a lot more lows than I'm used to. And it's it's just a, I don't know. I don't know if it's because I'm doing a lot more work on myself that I'm able to experience the highs and the lows much more fully. And so there are times when I am low that it just scares me a little bit. It scares me because I have not allowed myself to go there in the past. So what I try to remind myself too is one, the feeling of being that low won't last forever. And two, that that feeling of being low, of, you know, what feels depressed to me has a purpose. And it's also a really beautiful sign that I'm human and that I'm experiencing my life. So I try not to judge how I'm feeling. My therapist has helped me with that. I'm allowed to feel that and it's legitimate and it won't be forever. Okay, so another part of my therapy has been, and again, I'm not going to talk about the formalities of what this is scientifically, but we bring in my spirit guides, my spirit animals, whatever you believe in, I I can gain confidence, power, comfort, and guidance from these entities. And it's been super effective to have my therapist guide me through this. So yes, on my own for a couple years now, I've been calling in my spirit guides on a regular basis, having conversations with them, asking them to help me through things, to help me to find the fun in the meeting I'm going to, or help me to find the peace through this challenging time, whatever it is, right? But my therapist is hip to this and not knowing that I was as woo to the woo as I was, she she did some spirit animal work with me, which was so awesome. We We dropped in through a deep meditation and we don't do deep meditations often at all, but on this particular day, clearly I needed it. I was probably swimming in a puddle of my own tears, but we did so. And it was, um, 
it was really cool because I had never seen my spirit animal before. So I saw this big ass wolf, like huge, like a huge wolf, like that I'm able to ride. I'm literally able to ride her. And she, for me, provides this sense of protection and comfort when I am feeling mm, so many things out of control or like, or intimidated or like, I just need to be held because I have days like that. It was just so cool, not only to see myself surrender to that and to actually open myself up enough to see that that was my spirit animal. It, it appeared so clearly. I didn't, again, not thinking with my logical mind, but feeling into who, what that spirit animal was. And I just, it came so quickly. And I also have been able to connect to my spirit guides a bit more. And I just, I love them so much. I know a lot of you out there have connected with your spirit guides and have shared your experiences and stories with us. And I just love it so much. And what I realized was that when I was young, I don't know, probably about maybe four years old, I had imaginary friends. And a lot of us I know had imaginary friends. And I realized, oh my Lord, these were my spirit guides. These were my spirit guides. John and Susan are on my spirit guide team. So crazy. They they were my best friends that I would talk to while I was sitting on the toilet when I was four. I would be in there forever talking to them. I would like ask them like advice. I think this probably lasted until I was about seven. And they were like my cool older brother and sister. And they're still on my spirit guide team along with a handful of others. I have one party angel who helps me to find fun in whatever I'm doing. I have my grandfather and then I have two older gentlemen who are just so funny. They're like, I don't even know. It's not like professor types. It's actually like a cool old man, almost like a retired director who's just fucking meditating and surfing every day and has you know, been married to his wife forever and he wears these glasses and has a beard. Kind of looks like Steven Spielberg, actually. And then I have another one that's like tall, skinny, bald guy. And they're just fucking Tweedledee and Tweedledum and just work together so well. And then I recently met, uh, this is a total tangent, but I can't help but share. I recently met a spirit guide, a female spirit guide of mine who is a drama queen. Oh, who would have thought a total melodramatic actress type, which I have in me times a hundred. And it, it's just so cool to see how dynamic they are. It almost brings out the dynamic sides of me. You know, it, it really encourage, encourages me to be all of those sides of myself and to call on them to help me be those sides of myself more often. Oftentimes, and I think society makes you believe that if you are too many different quote unquote personalities, people, that you're crazy. And 
I do think there's a formal diagnosis for something like that, which I do not want to undermine, but I'm speaking to just the fact that we, we are dynamic human beings and we're, we should find the freedom in expressing all sides of ourselves. You know, some days I want to be a complete hermit, not talk to anyone and be super introverted and kind of melancholy because I want to, you know, and, and other days I want to socialize and go out and laugh and make other people laugh and get validation, you know, or be physical with someone like whatever it is. I just, I've learned through therapy that those need space to live and breathe and be because I'm gonna, if I'm going to repress them, they're going to, in my experience, the repression causes almost like an infection in my spirit and it's going to show up at some point and I'm going to have to deal with it. So I just really like to move the energy, keep it fluid, try not to make anything stagnant by being whoever I want to be in every moment. And I do not do this all the time. It is a constant practice to, to constantly remind myself and give myself permission to be what I want to be, do what I want to do. Cause I am one of those people that just likes to please others and make sure they're comfortable before me. But hey, y'all, times are changing. <laughs> so yeah, I'm just really loving, honoring all of me, no matter what people think of one side of me or another side of me, just really honoring all of me. And I do want to talk about how therapy has enhanced my ability to show up for almost 30 for the business, how it's enhanced my ability to show up for romantic relationships, for friendships. I consider myself someone who people can talk to quite easily. I'm a really good listener and I, I, I truly take on what people are going through because in my experience, that meant I was empathetic and that I was a good person. And while I love listening to people and being there for people and I will never not do that, I have been able to be a better friend, to be a better business partner, to be a better romantic partner by not taking on what others are bringing to the moment. So that takes some breath, that takes that takes creating an energetic boundary between what they are dealing with. And usually it has nothing to do with you and your experience. So I've had to quite literally visualize like a white light around me so that the experience of others does not become my own, mine to bear and to deal with. And I really have to honor their process and what they're dealing with. And this starts very early for me. I thought I could save everyone. I thought I could save my boyfriends. I thought I could save parts of my family. I thought that I could just be the one to solve problems. I could be the listening ear. I could be the one to give the best advice. And 
you know, I'm finding that that really does not serve me. And at the end of the day, I can't, I truly can't. I'm not, I'm not that one. And people are living this life and learning the lessons that they need to learn. And my decisions, my happiness, the way I conduct myself, show up for myself and for others is my responsibility. I want to wrap this up by talking about, ooh, this part of me that does not feel worthy to be where I am. And it's like, as I say that, I'm thinking, Linz, you know you're worthy. <laughs> but I'm that part of me that knows is not the part of me that's making the decisions and showing up every day. So I really need those two to talk a lot more than they do. I tend to enter into situations, show up in situations thinking that others are judging my abilities or or actually more so I'm judging my ability. I'm comparing. I am a chronic comparer. It has paralyzed me in making progress in my life. And so what is so great about showing up in therapy and really being so fucking vulnerable and talking out these moments where you feel completely unworthy of where you are, what you're doing, who you're with, the talents you have, the gifts you have, what you're receiving, what you're giving, the ability to show up for those real-time feelings is so scary because it's a side of me that I want uh, zero people to see because I'm supposed to be a person, and I say supposed to because that's in my head, supposed to be a person who provides influence, inspiration. I don't know. You know, it's like, it's confusing to me. It's confusing to different parts of me. My soul knows that the vulnerability and being myself and sharing this is going to be more impactful than if I showed up as the strongest version of myself, which I'm not really sure if I know yet. But there's another side of me that is ashamed of that part of me. So that wound, that worthiness wound is something that I'm trying to honor. I'm trying to honor the experience of my life that has caused that wound to stay open, to get pretty fucking infected. Uh, <laughs> and I'm okay with it. I, I have I have compassion. I'm trying my best and it really does feel good when I choose to honor all of me that side of me that doesn't feel worthy. And it's really funny to me. I'm just thinking about this now, actually, that I believe the success of our podcast, the ability for us to create a community as incredible as you all are, is because of our ability to be vulnerable and to expose that part of us that perhaps we were ashamed of, are ashamed of. And so there is this gap in my understanding of that 
as true and the belief that the shameful parts of me need to be fixed, if that makes sense. And you know, Brene Brown talks all about this. She studies shame. And as she puts it, shame is the thing that gets in the way of our sense of worthiness. We use all types types of ineffective and honestly like damaging tactics to try to avoid these feelings of of shame and mine were were this need to be perfect to appear as perfect to avoid people judging me and i still have remnants of that today i would rather dim my light and not draw the attention of others to my pain points or my shame points. I would rather just kind of dim and be on the side and have no one notice. I would also numb out in my early 20s. I'm sure you can relate and try to avoid the shame through alcohol, food, uh, social media, even like working out excessively, men, sex, all the things. And so talking about this in therapy takes the power away from the shame. And it's almost, when I speak about it out loud to her, it sounds silly. And I try not to judge it, but it still sounds silly, which to me is therapeutic because it becomes lighter. And through talking to my therapist as well, I just am reminded constantly that I am not the only person experiencing shame. So it's it's a part of the human experience and that if I'm feeling shame around someone, that person probably feels shame about something around me as well. I've also noticed that my sense of my shame or my understanding of my shame or my experience of my shame has diminished when I have associated myself more strongly to a community. So not only you, Almost 30 Nation, that goes without saying that has been such an integral part of lessening the power that my shame has, but just becoming more a part of the community that I have created organically. So that is one-on-one friendships or that is a group of friends or when I go into a fitness studio and I've been getting to know the front desk staff and connecting with them on a more personal level, just being a part of various communities has really helped me to like and appreciate myself because people around me are liking and appreciating me and we are reciprocating those feelings and it just feels like this insanely energetic, energized loop of just, I mean, for lack of a better word, but maybe the best fucking word ever, love. And so I am one, I am, I am one to not be social I get my energy from being alone and recharging there. I do love being around people. I do love being in social social situations, but most days when I have the choice, I don't choose to hang out with people when I'm not working. And I think some days I do need that, 
But there are some days that I really have to just push myself over the habit of choosing that and choose to be in the, in the company of others. And I can't help but notice just the warmth inside of me when I have this sense of belonging. And so my loneliness diminishes and I physically and emotionally just feel so much better. And yes, I do take that alone time and I encourage that. And I've talked about that if you've listened to my sacredness of being single episode, but damn, being with people always, always, always surprises me at how much it gives me. So call me, I want to hang out. And talking to a therapist has also given me awareness of how generous I can be, of how positive I can be, of how gifted and talented I am. And that's weird for me to say out loud, but sometimes when I'm living in my own head, I have a tendency to see things half full or I have a tendency to live in that lack mentality of what I haven't achieved yet, what I don't have yet. And I just love talk therapy for that reason because you get to know your therapist so well and they get to know you so well that they're able to remind you of things in the moment, catch your tendencies to live in that lack and remind you of the abundant human that you are, that you are just overflowing with things to be proud of and love to give and talents to share. So for that reason, I really love therapy too, because it's just a reminder of all the things that really make me purpose-filled and a human. And I'm just so, so grateful. Some weird things, I'll, I'll end on some weird things before I share that little special thing at the end with you. But you know, going into therapy, I didn't know what to expect. I literally had no idea what to expect and didn't know, quote unquote, how to do therapy right. Okay. So even to this day, sometimes I'll go in and I'll just update her on things in my life, which sure you can do. You can literally do whatever you want in therapy. I also have to remember that. But <laughs> sometimes I'll just spew updates on my life for the last week. And <laughs> she'll look at me and just take me in. And it's so great because she just holds space so well. And then she'll be staring at me and then I'll get uncomfortable that she's staring at me, but I won't tell her that I'm uncomfortable. And she'll say, are you uncomfortable? <laughs> and I'm like, wait, what's going on here? <laughs> and I just love that I'm at the point now with her where if anything is weird, I can say it out loud and it's a really good practice that I can do in my daily life with, with human beings. I can be so present that I can say, I'm uncomfortable right now or, okay, this made me feel this way. Uh, can I take, take five and come back and come back to you? Because, uh, that rubbed me the wrong way or whatever it is. I'm just, the point is I, 
she's helped me to be so present in the moment that I can express instead of thinking in my head and wondering what to say. And it's been so freeing for that reason. I also wasn't sure if you could like hug your therapist goodbye. (laughs) And like I haven't yet, but it's weird that there's a part of me that wants to hug her because I just cried for 30 out of the 50 minutes, you know, and I need a hug. So I'm, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'll probably ask her like, Hey, like, can I just give you a hug? I'm a hugger. I'll hug the, the guy who's bagging my groceries. You know what I mean? So I'm getting there. It's just hilarious. Sometimes I just laugh. Sometimes I'm like crying and laughing at the same time in these sessions because she does give me so much space to just be myself as a therapist should. And also shows me sides of her within the context of a therapist that I know she's human. So it's not like I'm talking to a robot and it feels super uh, formulaic and sterile. I really feel like I'm talking to another human being and she's just able to direct my energy to parts of me now and when I was a kid and future me that is just so effective and therapeutic and healing. So, hey therapist, thank you. Can't say your name. That's not a part of the rules, (laughs) but thank you. And again, I know not everyone out there has access to therapy, but listen, therapy does not have to take a traditional form. Maybe it's dance therapy. Maybe it's art therapy. Maybe it's somatic therapy. Maybe it's breath work. Maybe it's meditation. Maybe it's journaling. Maybe it's talking to a friend that you trust. It could take so many forms. I just encourage you to go deeper. I encourage you to do the hard work. I encourage you to keep going when it feels exhausting or if it feels like you're going deeper and that could feel like a lot. But one, I'm here for you. Almost 30 is here for you. The community's here for you. We have so many resources and I just know from my experience that therapy will be a mode of healing and truth seeking for me that I will come back to over and over in my life. And sure, there will be times when I don't go to therapy, but I have experienced just such transformation in my being that probably, I don't know if people notice, to be honest, maybe they do and it's very slight, but for me, I feel more like myself. I feel more in my power and my body and my purpose. I am kinder to myself. I have more compassion for who I am and what I've gone through. Sometimes I downplay what I've gone through in my life and really there are moments in my life that, wow, like I am so sorry. I'm so sorry that you didn't cry during that time. I'm so sorry that you didn't have anyone to support you, that you didn't feel comfortable enough to go to someone for help, you know? 
And we all have experienced things like that. So I just encourage you, whatever therapy looks like for you, that you do it if you're feeling called to it. So, hey, everybody, (laughs) thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. It's a privilege to share my experience with you. And it's my experience. So yours is going to be different. And if you'd like to ask me questions about therapy, about my experience, about anything, you can direct message me on Instagram at Lindsay Simsick, S-I-M-C-I-K. I run my own Instagram, people. I'm a real person. <laughs> so I'd love to talk to you. So I mentioned earlier in the podcast, oh God, I'm sweating. I mentioned earlier in the podcast that I wanted to share something with you and I wanted to sing an original melody and some verses of what I feel is just a channeled piece of music that I'll probably forget tomorrow, but I do it in the moment. I don't know the lyrics that are going to come out, the sounds, the tunes, but it just comes through. And I have not done this publicly yet. I do it in my living room often. And I think my neighbors hear me, but I have not done this live. And I'm I'm getting to know my voice again. If you listen to the podcast in the beginning of our whole existence, you'll hear my voice and not know who that is because it was super raspy. I was losing my voice all the time. So now I'm getting to know my voice again. And to be honest, it feels really spiritual to me. It feels it feels like it gives me an energy source that fuels everything that I do. So singing for me and putting it out there I don't know. It doesn't feel like I need any sort of recognition, which is cool because I've spent most of my life needing recognition and validation and needing to be cast in something and all of that and getting the part. But singing for me now, I just want to share. And I feel like the people who hear it and resonate with it, cool. And if that's only one person, I think I'm I'm happy, but Anyway, am I talking too much? Yeah. Okay. Got it. Talking to my invisible friends. They said, yep, you're talking too much. Shut up. So without further ado, this is me. I'm just going to channel some tunes and sounds and lyrics on using my loop pedal, which is my favorite toy. And maybe you want to close your eyes. I don't know. If you're driving, please don't close your eyes. But Just feel it with me. Thanks for listening.
so much for listening and letting me open up as always <laughs> just remember you're beautiful you're smart you're talented and you have what it takes <laughs> and yeah i want uh, a saying so i can like have a saying a saying yeah so i'm like hey guys oh like at the yourself. end yeah like be kind to one another yeah like bye yeah like ritual has peace plants oh god i want like change it peace love crabs i know um thanks for listening guys join the secret facebook group we are in there with uh almost thirteen thousand other women so let's get the conversation going it's funny it's supportive it's loving it's great just a great place to be yeah almost 30 podcast.com you can check out events and you can get all dates for all events for our tour on our website follow us on instagram at almost 30 podcast i am 100 blog on instagram she is Lindsay simsick on instagram and we look forward to seeing you on tour if you want updates regularly join our newsletter yeah all right review of the week life-changing five stars This podcast has come into my life at just the right time. I turned 30 this year and have gone through numerous life changes, including the loss of my sister due to drug addiction. I now find myself on this spiritual journey, trying to navigate all 
these life changes. A simple search of spirit guides a few weeks ago brought me to this wonderful podcast and your interview with Natalie Miles. Since then, I've been more and more intrigued and blown away by guests like Lacey Phillips, Jenna Zoe, and Khalil Rafati. To be honest, every episode I've listened to has been eye-opening. I've learned so much in the past two to three weeks that has made coping with the loss of my sister a little easier. Keep doing what you're doing, ladies. You're changing lives. And I'm very grateful I found your podcast. You have a lifelong listener in me. That's from Nick Chick 34. Thanks, sweetheart. Thank you so much. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. That is so... We have so many episodes so on heartbreaking. Grief, grief and loss. So I'm hopeful you're able to find one, but yeah. DM us if you need a recommendation. Thank you for the kind words. Thank you guys. When you do take a second to write a review, it just means a lot for us mm-hmm. in the podcast and the community and what we're doing. So we appreciate you. We see you connect with us. If you ever need anything, let us know. And thank you so much for being a part of our community. We love you. Bye. Bye.